welcome into the Bird's Eye View podcast. If you are listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods, stop what you're doing, or maybe keep listening. I don't know. Go over to YouTube. We are officially on YouTube. Jory and I, were looking at each other through the screen. You can see us if you're watching on YouTube. So uh, really excited to to start up the YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, we're here. I'm Zach Warden. That's Jory Nagin-Schechter. And there has been not a lot of news from the winter meetings this week. It has been the slow Shohei Otani week of rumors and speculation and plane tracking and Twitter refreshing. But all in all, like, I mean, a pretty fun week, I guess. How, how have you kind of seen the, the winter meetings? It's been a fun week of a whole lot of nothing happening. But I mean, that's kind of what we were expecting. It's been a, a slow burn as kind of was to be expected with the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. But the fact that the Blue Jays seemingly confirming themselves into that final four makes things really exciting, of course. But we're still waiting for something to go down, although we did get something late that is relevant to the Blue Jays as far as the AL East goes. Well, yes, the Juan Soto thing is happening right now. But also, for those listening, Jory Nagin-Schechter is not aware of the recent move that is related to the Toronto Blue Jays that dropped just before we hit the record button. So we're going we're gonna to drop it on him right now. So I'm going to get you to predict, though, before, before I actually give it to you. Okay, so so I'm thinking that it's gonna have something to do with either um it's either a minor trade that they made or they signed a guy. Did, did, have we clarified that or am I so, guessing? So it's not a blue jay, like the blue jays didn't make a move. Blue Jays didn't make a move. So it's a, it's it's a former blue jay signed. Oh no. Did Kevin Kiermeyer sign with the Yankees? No, no. Did Matt Chapman sign? No. Oh man. Did Brandon Bell retire? No. That's a good guess though. That's a good guess. Uh, so I'll 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 drop it. I'll drop it. So All right, all right, all right. Adam Simber. Simber. Adam Simber signed with the Los Angeles Angels. Okay. He's you know what it's got to be something to do with. There's some Shohei connection here that I'm not smart enough to make, but sign you know and trade. What? Sign and trade, right? Sign It's the sign NBA. And trade? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, right? <laughs> uh yeah, uh thank you for your service, Adam Simber um we talked about him i think very briefly a couple of episodes ago that he was an obvious non-tender candidate it's a funky picture he also throws like 82 um i don't know we'll see if he's uh still got some juice left the uh, halos seem to think so yeah i'll say that we juiced everything that we could out of the adam simber signing by making you try to guess it that's uh probably more attention than it needed to let's let's really get into the show hey stuff because you know i mean that's the important part here um so i guess we can just kind of run through the timeline i mean i guess it was monday night or was it sunday night where the ken rosenthal article comes out saying or reporting that shohei probably met with the jays at their dunedin complex in florida and the next day you know Twitter does its thing. We get some plane tracking confirming that uh, Shohei, or not confirming that Shohei's plane, but attaching a plane from Anaheim to Clearwater, a uh, plane from Nashville to Clearwater, and they were all there at the same time that matched up with the timelines that would have been a Shohei Otani visit. And then the next day, Dave Roberts. Oh, Dave, buddy. The nuclear codes, eh? That's, How... uh, that's what they're saying. He's leaking. He's leaking like a... I don't like even a know. Boss, yeah, like a like boat, a... like the Titanic, like something. 
Yeah, it's uh, he comes out and he says that the Dodgers they met with Shohei and potentially putting some risk on the Dodgers signing Shohei. I mean, what what do you think? You think that there's any possibility that Dave Roberts' comments actually cost the Dodgers? Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they did. This is a obviously a substantial signing that that goes so far beyond the week of you know no leaks allowed that Otani has imposed. Also, I think worth acknowledging is I recall reading, and I don't remember exactly where I read so, but the Blue Jays closed their play, their uh, player development complex to visitors. They said it was a either a company engagement or something to that effect. So that also, again, you kind of connect the dots and it seems like something may have happened. But as far as the Otani sweepstakes go, it's a lot of ho-hum as she goes. But it also feels like the Blue Jays have made some inroads. Yeah, I mean, they're serious contenders. I think the last time we talked, we I think it was more on the, the side of like the Jays were confirmed interested and confirmed like, in in the mix but i think now it's basically confirmed that they're a finalist like probably a top two top three teams in the running for otani it's basically the dodgers the jays and the giants and then you can like ryan dempster said something about a, a mystery team today i sure there could be a mystery team i think that's that's fine to speculate but at this point in the process i i highly doubt that somebody is kind of emerging at, at the last minute to to sign Shohei Otani and you know when when you look at it so again timelining Friday Shohei meets with the Dodgers that's confirmed Saturday there's some rumors about Shohei being in San Francisco I think that makes sense as far as the timeline goes Monday he's at Deneen's complex and so that that puts him with those three teams and what we don't have is a potential Angels meeting and a potential Cubs meeting as far as teams that we as as far as teams that were speculated to be in the mix so you know, thinking about it, I mean, you know, John Heyman said he talked to a GM at the winter meetings who was very, very interested, was the general manager of a team, very, very interested in signing Shohei Otani. And that GM said that they have a meeting with him after the winter meetings. So, you know, speculate away who you want. Like it, it could have been the Cubs, maybe. I know Jed Hoyer got there late, so it might not, not have necessarily been him. Um, I could see it being the Angels. Like, I think that would kind of make sense if if Shohei like finished his his tour with, with the Angels and kind of giving them... The respect of being the last team i mean obviously it's all it's all speculation but but i think that would kind of make sense to me especially with the reporting that he's going to decide by the weekend or by the end of the weekend and so if he meets with all those teams he meets with let's say he meets with the angels tomorrow takes a couple days and then makes his announcement on sunday yeah i would suspect that the thing also is that the the angels he just played for them for six odd years right it's not like he's meeting them to be pitched so i would suspect that that meeting is a little bit different in nature than obviously the you know, the Blue Jays, for example, where, you know, you talk about, a, I, I want to say it was the uh, the Orioles' Mike Elias that basically said, you know, if we had that player development complex, we'd also be showing it to the world. So the nature of that meeting also, I think, is going to be pretty substantially different. I know that you've you've been kind of beating the drum that, that the Heyman stuff, it seems like it's really plausible. It's the Giants. So maybe that's another team. Maybe he kind of comes back to the West Coast and then he wraps up. There's still a couple of puzzle pieces that we we don't quite have, which has been the story the whole time Otani's been a free agent. Yeah, the only meeting that there hasn't been any 
online or online league. I guess I guess the two would be be the Cubs and the Angels. They're the only teams that there hasn't been any online uh, rumors about their but, meeting. But the thing is, is that there's this talk that the Cubs are already out. So well, that's the, I mean, that's the other thing. Jed Hoyer and Bob Nightingale. Yeah, are, had something are, to say are, about they're, that. They're fighting in the lobby in Nashville yeah. right now about Bob's report there. Um, I would love to see that. Just just putting it out there, like I think it'd be so funny just to see, uh, you know, GM. I mean, like maybe maybe not necessarily to see GM reporter beef, but just to to kind of you know imagine that world where where you know like this this report actually costs the Cubs in their in their pursuit of Shohei Otani, and you can point to one reporter for blowing something like that. The the other thing too is that Cespedes family barbecue mentioned this. What if they are out on Otani and they were about to pivot to to Soto, but the way that got leaked, it jacks up the price of Soto. So there's all sorts of machinations here as to what exactly is going on. But that's the fun of the winter meetings is that it's when everyone comes together and most year something happens this year. I don't know if show or excuse me, I don't know if the Soto stuff counts, but it's, it's just a lot of kind of like, is it gonna happen is it not gonna happen what's going on you know i think i think today was a perfect like example of how the entire winter meetings went where with this morning at like 11 a.m eastern there's a report and it's like oh uh yankees padres soto deal is close and then we're like all right all right something's happening it's close let's be ready you know a couple hours go by and they're like oh yeah the, the names are being past here's who's who's in the package and you're like oh it's gonna happen like any minute now you're just refreshing your twitter you're clicking on that refresh button and then you wait a little bit longer and it comes out and it's like yeah the, the, the names are they've, close like they've they've agreed on the deal and you're like okay they've agreed it's gonna happen it's happening any minute now and then it's like oh wait actually it's not happening yet because there's there's a snag in the medicals or whatever and and so it, it's it's a like a 12 hour not a 12 hour like we'll say like a eight hour eight nine hour stretch of where you're like waiting for the deal to happen because apparently it's been close but when you feel like it's close you feel like that's a matter of minutes not a matter of 12 hours yeah i can't remember a deal being close like this and proceeding to last the entire day i i mean like have have you ever seen like a the way that the Soto deal, you know, beginning of the meetings, even in the in the lead up to it, there's this discussion that oh they're so far apart it's not gonna happen, and then oh the Blue Jays they jump out of nowhere, well maybe the Blue Jays are gonna get him, and then no guys at, at the Yankees and the Padres they have to consummate this, it has to has to happen, it makes no sense for anybody else to get involved, and then oh they're getting closer, oh they're getting closer, oh they're getting closer, oh they're getting closer, and we're still waiting for this thing to get finalized. Yeah, it's like there was that uh, one beat reporter, I guess, you know, he tweeted that it was at the half yard line. And like, if it was at the half yard line, like it's a turnover on downs at this point. Because yeah, it's yeah. Been, they need, you know, someone's got to get the tush push going here because this yeah. is not working. Yeah, you know, Malcolm Butler coming out of nowhere to to intercept that mm -hmm. on the on the, the one yard line or whatever. But uh, no, I mean, obviously, it, it sounds like it's going to get done. Jeff Passam is on ESPN saying by the end of the day, he'll be a Yankee. So I mean that's that's a tough blow for for you know not necessarily the Jays. I it, like it sucks cuz he's coming into the division and you know I I can't exactly think of somebody that would be like a more perfect fit for that Yankees team than Juan Soto. As far as what they're looking for and how well that he's going to fit that ballpark 
and how well that he's gonna you know he seems like a guy who embraces the national attention so he's gonna be getting that in new york and you know i mean like it, it's it's tough that way but then also for the jays it, it sucks because now if you don't get otani like that plan b even if it wasn't plan b or not not exactly what they were gonna do um it's 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 really tough to to look at that and see if Otani decides, you know what, I'm I'm just going to stick in LA. And then you're looking at it with all this expectation built up as to where you were, you've been listed as the favorite in the Soto trade by Hector Gomez. You've been listed as like co-favorites for Otani. And then you're going to come back to earth and it's going to be like, you can still have a good off season. There's no doubt about that, but it's going to be probably a little disappointing. But, but here's, here's the other thing too, is that if, you're the Blue Jays, that trade, if you look at that King Thorpe plus, you know, Brito's another guy that's going to contribute at the major league level. Do you have the bullets to get that deal done? Because it seems like Manoa Tiedemann is the closest comparable because the Jays don't have like a back end, you know, T100 guy like a, like a Thorpe. So you're kind of replacing him with Tiedemann. And then maybe you're looking at, you know, King is maybe slightly more valuable than Manoa. So maybe that's where the trade-off is there. It seems like it would have cost you both of those guys. And I know that the Blue Jays had talked about, you know, wanting Manoa to stay, but there were also reports that they were open to training him. And this would have been the situation that maybe would have made sense. So I also wonder if there would have even been a comfort level if this does get finished and the Blue Jays do make the trade what it would have cost would have been enormous. You would have had to empty out your barrel as far as, you know, prospect minor league depth goes. Yeah. When you think about like, if, like, if you look at like the Jays package of, of Manoa Tiedem and, and maybe something else, like, I think if you were to rank the assets altogether on one list, like it would be Tiedem one, probably Michael King two, Drew Thorpe three, Manoa four, I, I guess I like I mean obviously the the Yankees the like the Vasquez and Brito and Hig- Higashioka aren't aren't more valuable than Manoa but I, I guess you know d- like if you're the Padres and you're looking at it like do you value getting a Ricky Tiedemann or do you value getting like a guy that you know is going to contribute to the major league rotation you know Alec Manoa kind of up in the air like he could probably give you some innings but how good are those innings going to yeah, be, you, right? You don't know how good. And then with King, you get those guarantees. You get some certainty, right? And Which so is... Tiedemann, like, you'd probably, like, again, he's he's not going to start in the Jays rotation in, in 2024, most likely. So would he for the Padres? Like, is he ready for that? You know, hard hard to say, right? So I think with that, you get, you get the certainty in King. You get the upside in Thorpe. Instead of where with the Jays, you get, like, extreme, extreme upside with Tiedemann. But then you don't get the certainty of major league innings, which you, or I guess quality major, you don't get the certainty of quality major league innings, which you at least get in this with the Yankees, as long as, along with another upside play, if even if Thorpe, you know, I, like, who has more upside between Thorpe and Tiedemann, like, probably definitely Tiedemann, I guess. Thorpe is yeah, really good, though, right? So, yeah, it's it's a matter of, like, what you, what you're looking for if you're the Padres, and the Padres are realistically they're they're so bought in as far as you know what they've spent to 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 build this team that they've got 
and, and a soda and a guy like a soda was a part of that they they spent all this capital that they they literally put themselves into debt so you don't have a choice as far as you know waiting for guys you've got to win now because your team is built to win now it would make no sense to trade Juan Soto who realistically they they'd love to keep if they could they just can't clearly afford it they're they're in too much of a bind but you need to go out and you need to turn him into assets that you are able to win with and Tiedemann as much as you're going to win with him realistically I mean it's hard to say a guy that threw what like 70 total innings is going to give you any substantial workload in 2024 yeah it's uh you know the the Yankees package is really good and it would have been tough to beat it as soon as they decided that yes they were open to moving Thorpe and and King in that deal so what was the the because the holdup initially was that they didn't want to move King and Thorpe or they wouldn't move the prospects or because where where did they meet in the middle? I, I don't think that there's really been any like specific reporting. I think like what what's kind of been out there is that it was like they didn't want to do both, especially specifically with King. Um, just because obviously like if you look at their rotation, like like they're kind of really thin in the rotation right like you don't know what you're going to get from Nestor Cortez you don't know what you're going to get from Carlos Rodon Gar- like obviously Garrett Cole's coming off a Cy Young season but you know him and King were like the entire rotation for that team down the stretch right so I I can kind of see where they would be at being hesitant with King even though like again it's it's a guy who was just starting and had only made nine starts right he only made nine starts last year so you know, I, I'm interested to see what they do have in store because if you look at it, even like considering the Verdugo trade too, which is which is super interesting in its own right, but where they they have like this four man outfield of Judge, Grisham, Soto, and Verdugo now, which I, I think the Grisham ad is like really sneaky underrated because it helps you get Judge out of center field and you'll be able to kind of play around with that. Obviously, it's gonna like how much DH time are those guys gonna see with Stanton and and all that but um you know like their their lineup it's it's really good of course like i mean you put judge and soto together like that's one of the most potent one two punches ever i would say in 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 a lineup but then you know besides that like i mean you have glaber rizzo lemayhew stanton verdugo volpe wells um you know like there's two guys that you're really afraid of in that lineup yeah it's it's those two and then who knows but also, like Fangraphs put it this way, how hard is it to see like a repeat of the 2023 Yankees as far as they're hitting, but it's a reversal in 2024 with their pitching where you've got Garrett Cole saving their bacon and four dudes that are going to just kind of be there, you know? So that's kind of where, I mean, if you want to call it <laughs> – if you want to call it copium or whatever you want to call it right but well, like, I mean, it's also like they're they're pitching this is still not a good yankees team this blue jays team should still be better than these yankees team it's a question of supplementing the roster which i mean right now your only option because the yankees just made that huge swing i mean beyond you know other kind of tertiary pieces is shohei otani so it all goes yeah. back to him yeah, I mean, I mean, also like I, it, you know, there's, there's maybe a little bit of, you know, buyer beware when you're <laughs> judging rosters on on December sixth, compared to you know March first or whatever, because you know, like if, if the Yankees go out and add Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 
and oh, don't even say it don't even put that I out just, there, i'm just like don't even if, put that if, evil if, out there if, if if they add like one of the top starters that you know they're connected to yamamoto so are the blue jays we'll, we'll get into that in a bit but you know if, if they add him it, it was interesting to hear aaron boone say that lemay would be their starting third baseman next year but i mean if they add yamamoto rodone gives them more of the guy that they signed than the guy that they got last year and then you know you still have like Nestor, clark schmidt whatever else they decide to do in the rotation like i mean there's there's probably a pretty good team in there but uh you know that's it's you get the really good players and then you figure everything else later yeah like that's but that's how every team's gonna operate right like the yankees are not a not a outlier in that but i again i just there's gonna be some machinations here it seems like but it's it is getting down to crunch time yeah, I mean, like looking at so, I don't even I don't know if I want to entertain this conversation yet. But you know, if Soto goes to the Yankees and Otani picks the Dodgers or the Angels or the Giants, how do you, as the Blue Jays, I, I at that point, like I I don't think that there's enough that you can do to kind of like push back the the fan reaction that there might be because like fans were already at Ross Atkins head, you know, before and the Otani and Soto stuff, like kind of, I think maybe settled them down a little bit because it's really exciting. But as soon as, if that doesn't happen, I I don't think you can kind of push that back, but you can still have a good off season. Right. So, I mean, if they miss out on Otani, they like, what, what way do you think that they turn? Is that like where it's going to be Jorge Soler, matt chapman back or is it like the, the, you know they were listed as a finalist for yamamoto by will salmon not that long ago so maybe they meet with him they sign yamamoto they bring back kiermeyer and they really lean into the whole defense thing and just you know punt, like just kind of bet on that internal improvement offensively yeah which is such a dangerous proposition just to begin with even like you talk about fans wanting to call for atkins head if he misses out on Otani Soto. I mean, Yamamoto is really exciting. You know, you bring him in and he'll have, you know, his supporters and people will will give Atkins the benefit of the doubt with Yamamoto. I, I don't really have any doubt. There's enough anticipation. There's enough excitement with Yamamoto that I think that he he's enough of a, a call it a second tier offseason acquisition because no one's in that Otani tier. And then even like Soto is almost his own tier. But Yamamoto is, in some respects, in his own tier as well. So I think that there is still, like, a, eh, you know, we still got Yamamoto, we still did okay type of attitude. But if your biggest offseason move is bringing back Matt, back Matt Chapman, like, that's not going to go over well. No, it it would not. <laughs> and, you know, like, I mean, I yeah, you know, Yamamoto would be super fun and... I think like if, if you want to compare him to like a Masahiro Tanaka or whatever like that, that's that's a pretty pretty good player to bring into your rotation. Obviously, he would probably be their number two uh behind Gossman. You know, Gossman, Yamamoto, Barrios, Bassett. Like, I mean, that's that's as good of a top four. And then you had Kikuchi in there, as good as a top five as as there is. And I, I would say obviously you bring in Yamamoto and that really for like does it force their hand to make a Kikuchi or a Manoa deal? I mean, like probably. It's too much. It's, I mean, you never have too much rotation depth, but it's realistically too much rotation depth. 
you're probably ending up with Manoa and AAA. And we all know how that affected their relationship last year. So I feel like you're kind of, if you don't get Soto, like, I don't think Alec Manoa is a Blue Jay if you don't get Juan Soto, or excuse me, uh, if you don't get Shohei Otani. I don't think you get, uh, I don't think Alec Manoa is a Blue Jay next year. Yeah, if, if you don't get Otani, then you you almost have to make that splash via the trade market. You know, it, it's interesting because the more that, I mean, the, the offseason progresses, the one name that I don't think that we've really discussed at all is Cody Bellinger for this think team. That, I don't think people believe in him, and I don't think that the Blue Jays are going to want him. Because obviously he had a good year last year. Like, there's no denying that he's, you know, back. But this is not the same Cody Bellinger that won MVP. Like, the hard hit stuff is still a concern. And I think that people are still skeptical. There's still a lot of talk even amongst like insiders that the Bellinger market is not as robust as people hoped it would be. Is that a a symptom of the Shohei negotiations though? Well, like, like I don't think there's going to be that much overlap between their markets. Well, I mean, like who, like like the the Blue Jays, maybe the the, the Cubs, the the Jays, the Giants. I don't know if the, like, the Giants are going to be on anybody because they have no, like, their best hitter is Tyro Estrada, question mark, Carl Yastrzemski. It's not great. Carl, or Mike Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski, excuse me. <laughs> they wish it was Carl Yastrzemski. Yeah. Um, no, like, they're going to be on everyone. The, like, the Halos aren't going to be in on him. The Dodgers sure as heck. I mean, there was the quote from Boris today that he won't turn down any suitor, but also, like, there's that's a bit of a weird you know, eh, I don't know how that's going to fly. So I don't know how much overlap they're even like Shohei is holding up the whole free agent market. That much is obvious, but I don't think that the overlap between the Otani market and the Bellinger market is as much of an overlap as it might be made out to be. It doesn't feel like it is. I so last our last episode we 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 both predicted Otani to the Jays. I mean, you know, as I said, it's the Blue Jays podcast. What else are you gonna What else are you gonna say? But I I feel like Bellinger is gonna end up being a Giant. I like obviously if they get Shohei, that's probably not the case. But I mean, he plays center field for them, and it's 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 a name that they've been looking for. And you know, obviously, he might not be an ideal fit as far as. A, a park situation right where it's like if you take away um like you put him in a pitcher's park like yeah he'll help you out defensively but his his bat might not play as well as it does in wrigley or you know so, something like but that and, but, but you're also gonna have to pay him like a star and i mean the giants are willing to do so we just saw them almost pay arson judge you know a gazillion dollars but i mean i'm sorry cody bellinger still kind of has this you know I don't know, you know, smell kind of, it's like a little kind of sketchy. I, I, I agree on it. Honestly, like, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I don't like, I think the reason that he hasn't come up for us on this podcast is that we all three of us would not sign Cody Bellinger, but I just have like this nagging thought in the back of my head where it's like, if they don't get Otani, that there is probably a very likely scenario that they would adjust to Bellinger. I remember like, But how can you can you imagine the press conference where they introduced Bellinger and it's like, well guys, we didn't get the guy we actually wanted. Here's 
the other option, you know? Like, that doesn't really come off so great. Here's and plan D. Plan, plan, I think you're a little high. Like, this is like a couple, like, I feel like they're probably higher on Matt Chapman. Like, we've heard more about the Blue Jays engaging on Matt Chapman than we heard on Cody Bellinger. If the Jays signed, like, that's where I kind of say, like, I don't think that the Cody Bellinger market is that robust. I don't think the Jays are going to be in on him. I don't think the Dodgers will. I don't think the Angels will. And I, I mean, the Cubs presumably will, and the Giants maybe will. But that's, you know, if of five teams, two teams, percentage-wise, yeah. But it's still the minority of teams. That's why I say I don't think that he's the holdup, even though everything's being held up by Otani. I think it's just that the Bellinger market probably isn't, like, piping hot. I mean, how much money do you think he's going to get? Like, he, he gets... He probably gets 200 and immediately people are like, what are you doing? Oh, that, that would have been like, there's, there's going to be I some was, Chris uh, Bryant energy. There's definitely going to be some Chris Bryant energy. It's, it's crazy. Cause like, it seemed like Bellinger was going to be a Yankee. Like it, it kind of felt that way a little bit. Like that was going to be the, the direction that they took, but then obviously they get Soto. So that's not going to be the case anymore, but I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I actually think he would have been a pretty good fit in New York as far as like being a lefty bat. And, and you know, you yeah, put, you put, you put any lefty there. Yeah, it's, you know, Brett Gardner was a superstar for them because he was a lefty that they could pull it over the minor league park <laughs> or, or little league park, you know? Like, you put anybody that's a lefty there, they probably succeed realistically. You know who else is a good fit? Maybe Brandon Belt if he's not going to, you know, retire. <laughs> but I I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I have a tough time kind of maybe not reconciling, but I just have a tough time seeing Cody Bellinger's market, especially because we haven't heard that much about him. You would be hearing more if there was stuff going down. Scott Boris spoke today. Did he say anything about Bellinger other than would you, would he sign with the Dodgers? Like, I don't think that there was no, like, get a belly button. I mean, it's Scott Boris. He's always going to have a silly quote like that, you know. But, like, there was nothing that was said. And, again, I don't know if this is Boris's MO other than, you know, he loves his, he loves his you know, funky little comps and all that. You know, the spreading their bird seeds as the Blue Jays. And they had the bird flu a couple years ago. He loves those $100, you know, words. But there, there was nothing about, and I recognize it's not really how he operates all the time to be like, yeah, his market's hot. Everyone wants him. But he does mention stuff when there is stuff to mention. Like, again, a lot of this Chapman stuff has come from Boris. Did we hear anything about Cody Bellinger's market and how it is evolving or anything? I don't think we did. And I, I think that Cody Bellinger is going to – and I know we've talked a lot about Cody Bellinger here. But I, I just I don't see him as like a guy that the Blue Jays realistically are going to go after. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, obviously, there's there's been no like individual connection there. That you know, if if you look at the teams or the players that have been connected to the Jays, it's Otani, Chapman, Michael A. Taylor, Tony Kemp. Um, are there any other free agents that have really? I mean, Yamamoto as... a little bit. Yamamoto, but... I guess. Yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, so, but, but not in a meaningful capacity. It feels like. Well, I mean the 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 Morosi connections to Tony Kemp and and Michael A. Taylor. Like, I mean, Michael A. Taylor is like a super easy one. I know when we wrote our like season previews, like I put our off season previews, I put him on the Jays because it just kind of makes sense as like a fourth outfielder type who smashed lefties last year that would 
fit in a platoon. But, uh, you know, t- Tony Camp, please don't sign Tony I, Camp. I can't believe he's still in the big leagues. Like, does he do anything at this point? I don't think he does. He, he seems I, like a great clubhouse a, guy. I mean, <laughs> so was Brandon Belt. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm not really. I'm not pulling my all season around Tony Camp. But if, he, I mean, I don't think anybody is. But if that's the Blue Jays' plan, then could, could you imagine the could you imagine going from Otani and then they miss out on Otani and then it's Chapman and they miss out on Chapman and then you go all the way down the ladder and you end up with Tony Kemp as you're like starting anything you're starting second or third baseman could you imagine he had a like, 77 you... WRC plus last year and he has doesn't make me feel any better <laughs> In the outfield, he had minus three defensive runs saved. And at second base, he had minus nine defensive runs saved. Positional versatility. <laughs> he plays two positions. So Yeah, uh, I'm not was, I'm not yeah. gonna say that he's a guy that the Blue Jays should target, but I mean take whatever morsels we can get right now as we await the big one, which is Otani. Yeah, yeah. Uh interesting Sh- Shy Davidi just released a story at Sportsnet, this interesting quote, um, as it should be for the Blue Jays, who have clearly made a strong enough pitch to Otani that the Dodgers, blah, 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 are said to be at least worried. Nice to hear. They are. It's like that that scene from the Avengers where, you know, Iron Man punches Thanos and he's like, all that for a drop of blood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean the, the line the lines are moving in the right direction, but also like I mean who knows? Like it's it's so crazy no one because does. like nobody thing. knows. Yeah, there's there's no the only people that know are Shohei Otani and Dave Roberts. Oh. Or uh, as far as like who's who's actually met or whatever, but the only person that knows what Shohei's looking for is Shohei. Pretty much. Well that but that's part of what has made this like a lot of people want to talk about how this free agency has been boring and how it's been a huge there was an article i think it was buster only that went this is a huge missed opportunity uh otani should be you know lebron making the decision it should be this worldwide phenomenon i think it already is a worldwide phenomenon and i think that the mystery of this is part of what's made it so exciting like this feels a lot and i know it's an easy comparison to make because of the the airplanes the Kawhi Leonard saga, it was so will he, won't he, will he, won't he, will he, won't he, and no one knew it was happening, and it still captivated the world, or at least captivated Toronto. Shohei Otani has captivated Toronto. Uh, maybe he hasn't captivated Arizona or Seattle or or Houston, but I can tell you that everybody is talking about Otani. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's so funny because you, you like, think about, you know, it's it's December... It's hockey season. We're in Canada. And, you know, being in the sports media industry as we are, like, where is the most buzz coming from right now? It's not It's not even close. It's, it's not Otani. Even close. Who's leading the site every day is Otani. Yeah. I mean, like, just looking at, like, some of the, the behind-the-scenes numbers for Sportsnet, like, the top stories in the past week, it was all the Corey Perry stuff, and then it's all baseball. Of course. Because everyone wants to know where Otani's going, and realistically, no one knows. But it's the—it's part of that mystery. It's like, oh, is there a morsel here? Oh, is there a morsel there? That's 
exactly like that to me is building just as much excitement as you know any Jeff Passan. Oh, it sounds like Otani is is meeting with the Blue Jays today, and like it's doing it's it's doing numbers anyways. If you if you send out a tweet right now about Shohei Otani connected to to anybody or not connected to anybody, you're getting likes, views, Dude, retweets, one of my, arguments. One of, my, <laughs> one of my tweets I tweeted this week, I tweeted Shohei Otani, or maybe it was last week, I tweeted Shohei Otani, and I got more likes, more retweets than I think on any tweet the rest of the week. I just said Shohei. Everyone wants to know. <laughs> What's going on with Shohei Otani? So it's, to me, I'm lo- like I'm loving this. I don't know about you, but this is I mean, this is just fine by me. It's uh it's pretty funny just just the way that it's that it's all come down and you know, we're we're not even going to know for the next few days. I I think I think it's safe to assume that we'll probably find out this weekend or maybe early next week and there's going to be so much ink spilled over Shohei Otani between now and the time that he signs even if that's like in a couple days it's it's crazy just the the fever that this has created and just how much interest that there is yeah no no 100 percent. and like when it does come down there's also where it's going to come from Who's gonna release it? I I I think it might be a fun game to kind of be like, where is where is the Otani news gonna come from? Do you like if you had to pick, you know, if we're to again, I'm not gonna set the odds, but between an official team release, a Shohei Otani promotional video, or an insider breaking it, what do you think is the most likely uh, outcome? What do you think is the most likely way that it breaks? I I'm curious if it's going to be like a team release because that's what it feels like or or even like I could see Otani like releasing a video on say Instagram being like hey guy I mean obviously he speaks Japanese but being something to the effect of hey guys it's been quite the journey or like you know a number of years back when LeBron comes back to Cleveland it it gets released through an ESPN story yeah so I, I mean, I doubt that's how it'll go down with Otani, but would it be that shocking if he met with a Japanese reporter and mm. had a story done for a Japanese outlet and that's how it broke? Like, that would not That is be, interesting. Like, I wonder if that's... it's, But I just, the whole... It just, it all feels very, very... Again, just... Oh, where's it going? So, you know, it's like a mystery, you know? It's like... I was, thinking, I, I, was, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was driving home yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on this. So I remember like when I first started writing and whatever, like when I was in my first years of undergrad and like doing some basketball stuff and, you know, like doing some writing on the Raptors and it's like the Raptors, you know, notoriously didn't leak. And, you know, moving into to the Blue Jays space, it's not exactly the same. Right. Like it seems like the Blue Jays are involved in a lot of rumors and a lot of connections to to players, whether it be trade or free agent. And, uh, you know, whether that's their own doing or somebody else's, because obviously, like has been established, like they're an easy team to to use as a as a threat or a connection to try and up bidding. Right. It's a pretty easy team to say, you know, the Blue Jays are just because they're have the money they're you know like it's just an easy they're they're an easy team to do that but like 
as as far as like it's it seems like they like it's i'm not going to say that they're like a leaky organization but as far as like people being able to get stuff from from the team and whether it's you know call-ups or trades or signings or stuff around the team like it seems like there's a lot of people that like have sources connected so i do wonder like if the news that shohei signs that it doesn't make its way out right away well it'll depend on if it is the blue jays like do you do you agree though as far as like the 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 like kind of the elite like not not leakiness but as far as like the way that they're they're pretty consistently in the news that like it it would make sense if if the signing did make its way through some some different avenues to to get released before yeah like a team or an Otani thing. Now here's actually here's a here's a let me you know in the past we've had a couple tinfoil hats and and all that stuff. I have a new tinfoil hat all right. for you here. So I mentioned to you about LeBron having an article with ESPN when he signed with the Cavaliers. So Blue, Blue Jays, of course. Owned by Rogers Communications, also affiliated with Sportsnet. Is it the craziest thing to think that maybe this gets released in some kind of working together, some kind of collaboration here? Maybe you get a shy DeViti on the case, <laughs> maybe. Maybe something. Uh, I just, I just, it feels like that might make sense. I wonder, maybe that's something. I don't know. As 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 far as as far as you know, my affiliation goes, I probably won't (laughs) say anything. um but yeah you you never know you never know life is good as a third party uh tinfoil <laughs> hat haver life is good <laughs> uh that's it's like keegan matheson was tweeting out today uh about the the uh the whiskey that he was having at the the nashville airport and he's like what did he say let me let me find the tweet here real quick uh hold on hold on hold on pulling it up pulling it up uh so zoobs asks him uh does this whiskey potentially prevent you from acquiring other drinks and keegan says in quotes everything that we're doing to make drinks better to the extent that we will keep private we will do drinks that occur don't occur i'm not going to get into the specifics of what what do you think of the the dodgeball game that john schneider and ross atkins played in nashville this week Oh yeah, I mean those guys are like, ooh, ooh. I mean our, our our audio listeners, you can't see me, but oh, I'm like a, like a ninja out here. I'm like I'm too fast. I'm too. You can't touch me. You know this is the this is the beauty of having a visual now is that we can we can get into a little bit of you know the theatrics of it. I think it's uh it's pretty funny to to think about you're like listen you listen into the interview right and you know the reporter's like hey were you at Shohei Otani's meeting <laughs> to John Schneider and he's like yeah I can't comment on that they're like you look pretty tanned were you in florida and he's like i live, I in, live florida. in florida <laughs> you know what he's doing, they're doing a good job they're they're they've got their chest pieces all in order you know very very meticulous very 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 cautious very very deliberate with everything like that. but that's i think it was i think that it was keegan matheson that said it you're you know ross atkins is the shohei otani of not saying 
anything while saying <laughs> a lot of stuff. So Hashtag shut he, up for Shohei. He is he is built for this moment. The way that Shohei is built for the big moment, Ross Atkins is built for the big moment of saying nothing. <laughs> so like, um, he's right in his element. MLB Network graphic just coming up here. Uh, Greg Amsinger's Shohei Otani sweepstakes graph, pie graph. Uh, let me reveal this from from who he has as least likely to most likely. One percent the Giants, one percent the Cubs, two percent the Angels, three percent the Mariners, three percent the Angels, thirty percent the Dodgers, sixty percent the Blue Jays. Oh, baby, Greg, what do you know, Greg? What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? It's it's pretty funny because uh, like I've been you know a lot of these like, things are out. He's mentioning one percent, two percent. These things are out already. <laughs> He just he just didn't want to do like a seventy thirty or a sixty five thirty five. He just uh, something they like had to that. cover all his bases. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, hey, put the Mariners in there. Like, yeah, which have long been reported to not be in the market for Shohei Otani, but uh, yeah. you know, hey, they've been they've been clearing the cap space. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you know, we're hearing about mystery teams. You know, Ryan Dempster, formerly formerly a Chicago Cub, also played for the Boston Red Sox. So the Boston Red Sox mystery team you never know just cleared some money with verdugo which is not that substantial it's not quite 40 plus million per year of cleared but you never know uh it's, it's interesting with him because I was, I was thinking about his tweet i'm trying to think you know like where is this coming from like what source is telling him about this right so it's a mystery team and it's <laughs> this is like the most ambiguous tweet ever a mystery team uh yeah. i don't know if it's alnl and it's a team. That yeah, he's like, hey, yet. I heard another team's involved. Yeah, well, it's... it's one of 24 teams. Yeah, I mean, like, just, just thinking about it, like, I tried to run through and, you know, like, could it be the Tigers? Like, probably, probably not. I'm like, show yeah, Motown, Detroit. That's what I'm looking for. Like, again, it seems like like pretty much all the East Coast teams. So the, the Yankees, they are acquiring Juan Soto. Seems like they are probably pretty out. Uh, like the Mets, maybe again doesn't feel very unless like Steve Cohen was like, yeah, like I mean, here's seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, and he's even there's that quote from Otani, well, alleged quote, basically to the effect of, I could never see myself playing in New York, which yeah. also kind of takes both the New York teams out, even though there was this talk of the Yankees and and the Mets being in the mix, and now they're not. We'll see. Worst case scenario, what team is the worst case scenario for you? Like, in, and so which which team is worst case scenario from out of the options that is both? Uh, I was a mystery was, team, not in the mix, or an AL or NL. Well, here's, here's the thing: because you want our worst case scenario. Worst case scenario would be like the like Athletics or like well. the, the White Sox, but like in terms of realistic teams. Like anything in the American League East would be pretty catastrophic. If, for if the, the Rays were in the mix, could you the like would that double their payroll? It would probably come pretty close to doubling their payroll, right? A fifty they, million be, dollar contract. I think they were they were at seventy last year, right? Well, well, they're because what they're about to do is they're about to deal Tyler Glass now, which is going to drop twenty five million or so because he's he's in line for a, a huge payday. Uh, and outside of him, I don't think they have anybody that's like more 
than in their second year or, or first year of ARP. Like they well, are, if they're they're, most of their team is Chiefs. Well, they're really like trying to like, tr- but it's the Rays. Obviously, they're trying to skim on the money. They, that's wow. their MO. It's always been their MO. But, their their final estimated payroll in 2023 was 79 million. Yeah, so I mean, it wouldn't quite double it, but it would would be a hefty chunk of change, which I don't know that the, I don't know that the Rays have those kind of financial resources. Yeah, the the Brave, like, sorry, just just thinking about uh, you know some some of the other potential teams like the Braves. I, you know, again, I could see it, but that just doesn't feel. And and also the the Braves have basically said that it's not happening. I think I think Anthopolis kind of indicated yeah. that it's not happening. And I I want to say also, uh, I don't know if it was Bode who who was it? It was it was their MLB.com reporter. I think. Yeah, and he was like, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so yeah, Braves are maybe out. But uh, let me throw this one at you for a, for a potential worst case landing scenario that fits ryan dempster's tweet it would be the houston astros like yeah that would suck (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you want me to add to that i don't really love the idea of the houston astros you know mlb's baddies coming back with shohei otani um but i also like where's the like every team can make him fit but where's the fit there because they already have alvarez that's true. That's true. They like, they're they're one of the only teams that would maybe have some trouble fitting, unless you're planning on trotting Alvarez out as your left fielder, which is not ideal either. I wonder, well, I mean, I guess they just signed Jose Abreu, but I, I wonder if there's, like, any chance that Jordan could play first base. Um, Like, probably. He's, he's not, like, he's just, he's not a very fleet of foot. Like it's tough to see him anywhere other than as a DH, but he's such an electric hitter, right? That doesn't yeah. matter. We're having a little, we're having a little four six three episode here, going around the <laughs> going around the horn with uh, the rest of Major League Baseball. But uh, important to note that the Blue Jays are in the mix for the best player, arguably in MLB history. So they, don't let that uh, uh, don't let that uh, distract you from that very according fact. according to some, they're the favorites. According to some, according you... to the highly reputable and number one insider, Greg Amsinger, and Greg Amsinger. If uh... If you're listening to this and you're like, man, these guys have been kind of downers about because, you know, this this entire episode, we've been like, what happens if they don't sign him? And we're like, oh, where else could he go? If you're worried about that and just go back and listen to our last episode. The whole episode was just just smoking that Shohei pack. It was it was delicious. <laughs> Drinking the Kool-Aid. There was some Kool-Aid drank during that episode. Ah, oh, delicious um let's uh, so just i guess a couple more points here before we go i mean do you, do you want to do more on yamamoto like what like what do you think about that them being listed as one of the seven final suitors for him yeah i mean another guy that's really compelling that you know you'd love to add uh we talked about it briefly there he would probably spell the end of alec manoa's time as a blue jay but you're kind of putting yourself in a bit of a corner if you do because i mean who wants to trade alec manoa at the literal valley of his trade value but i mean adding yamamoto would be exciting the the word is basically top of the rotation ace and he's 25 years old like that's the type of guy you dream of developing and for one to fall into your lap would be nothing short of magical so i think the blue jays are you know doing the right thing doing due diligence and to be a finalist is another exciting development 
I mean, again, not in the Shohei discussion. No one's in the Shohei discussion. But I think Yamamoto would make sense and would be a good ad and would be a, a headliner for an offseason that is increasingly feeling like it's going to need a headliner. Yeah, he's he's super funny. He's probably going to get like two hundred and twenty-five million or something like. I that. I think you're. I think you're. Uh, I think you're too low. You think two fifty? I think we're talking three hundred. That's I crazy. Creep, I think we're going to creep. That's into a lot of money. Territory. That's I think a lot we're of money. Creep into three hundred territory with him. Yeah, he's he's twenty-five. He gave up two home runs last year in a full season. Like nuts. That's crazy. The the the. The uh, NPB is apparently a bit of a dead ball league, allegedly. I mean, we have our sources there as far as uh, more knowledgeable about uh, about that league. But based on my understanding, that league did not rake last year. Yeah, I'm. I mean, also, I like if you're giving a, if you only give up two home runs in a season, like you're probably probably not going to be able to sustain that as far as like a fly ball to home run rate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think uh, Japan puts their uh, stuff on fan graphs, but I would imagine he's probably due for a little bit of regression, especially in Major League Baseball. Probably, you know, quality competition. Well, hey man, Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani. Um, I guess just kind of wrapping up here for some other news, and since we last recorded. Uh, Cito Gaston doesn't make it into the Hall of Fame, doesn't even get five votes from the new era committee, competitive era, contemporary era committee, doesn't even get five votes. Jim Leland goes in. Um, you know, it like it, like Cito, I, like obviously, we're both younger than Cito Gaston's World Series winning tenure with the Blue Jays, but. You know, I it it seemed pretty disrespectful for him to get less than five votes. Yeah, it's difficult for me to probably give Cito his just flowers. Now that with that said, you know, first I want to say he was first Black uh, World Series winning manager. Like there is some history there, but beyond those two World Series, his resume is kind of skimpy. So for an outsider, maybe that's the, you know, hold up. But also, I mean, as far as within Toronto, like he's, isn't he on the level of excellence? Like he, yeah. he is like an icon in this city. So to me, like if you want to, you know, power rank Blue Jays managers, I mean, he's right up there with, probably he's probably number one yeah like i don't know who else could i mean maybe you're talking like bobby cox maybe like but he was really before cedo and i mean you want to talk maybe like maybe i mean gibby but like gibby had so much struggles or had had so much in in the way of just it not being able to get over the hump in his first go around and even in his second go around it was 15 it was 16 and then it kind of wasn't really anything else. It was a little bit of that kind of same Cito gas and stuff, you know, love Gibby as, you know, anyone that grew up uh, cheering for the blue Jays would, but like there, it's understandable that Cito 
wasn't a popular choice. It's disappointing that he wasn't a more popular choice. I think that there's enough history that like you could make an argument beyond the game of baseball for yeah. his inclusion in the Hall of Fame. But it's also kind of like you understand why he struggled to maybe gain momentum on that front as a whole. Just looking at the like the all time Blue Jays managers list right here. Um, if you had to guess who had the highest winning percentage in Blue Jays managers history it's, for like a full time manager, it's who, gonna be like Schneider because Schneider hasn't had a losing season. Is it John Schneider? It is John Schneider. Is so. John. Mel Queen, Mel Queen is in first place, but he only managed five games. Yeah. Uh, Gene Tennis is in second, but he only managed 33 games. And then you got John Schneider, 572 win percentage. There you go. I mean, I mean, say what you will about him, but he's had some good baseball teams. He he has, despite uh, some of the the complaints I think that we've we've had. He's been he's been he's been pretty good. Who do you think has the lowest? Can you name who has the lowest? The lowest, it's gonna be someone from those. I mean, Gibby would have been the guy, but it won't be. Um, could it be? Well, it's gonna be whoever managed them in their first couple of years, but I don't know who their first manager was. Roy Hartsfield, 1977. How, where, uh, where's Sean Farrell on that list? Because I wonder how low Ooh. he is, because he's gonna be low as well. And uh, he's a popular villain in Blue Jays he's, land, yeah, he's fourth, fourth lowest. <laughs> Yeah, I figured that might be the case. Had they, because he was from 2011 to 2012. He literally only managed the two seasons, right? Because yeah. he was like, I want my dream job of managing the Red Sox. And was like, goodbye. He's and then like, the Red Sox ya. didn't like him either. So he's like a bit of a popular villain. In uh, he, got, he won a World Series in Boston. He did win a World Series. He did win a World Series. This but, is, uh, yeah, certainly an interesting list. Just kind of looking at it here. Yeah. I mean, like, as far as legendary managers go i can't really think of one in blue jays lore but a big big part of that is just that they haven't had that much success as a franchise there was a 20-year playoff drift yeah yeah well um i guess that that probably does it for us i I think unless you have anything else i guess congratulations to buck martinez the jack graney award winner he's also a Blue Jays manager who I did not mention on the <laughs> where he ranked on the list of winning percentage. But uh, yeah, congratulations to him. Like quite an honor, the Jack Rainey Award. So uh, yeah, congrats there. Very exciting for him. Yeah, well, uh, that'll do it for us today here at the Bird's Eye View Podcast. Make sure you drop a follow or review wherever you get your pods. You can follow us now on YouTube. We are at the Bird's Eye View Pod uh, or at the Bird's Eye View Podcast, I guess. Whatever you want to search, it should come up. Um, we're on Substack. Check out Jory's piece weighing Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto in case the deal does fall through with, uh, you know, it sounds like maybe it's more of a tomorrow thing. So so check out that story to to see who you'd prefer between uh, Juan Soto, the 25-year-old Hall of Famer, or Shohei Otani, the best player to ever step foot on a baseball field. You can follow us all on Twitter. The pod is at BEV underscore pod. Jory is at J Negan Schechter. I'm at Warden underscore Zach. And Jake, who is not with us today, is at Jake Brannon underscore. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>